Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Thursday, the 26th of May. And today I've got a guest on the show. Bryce Chafin is here with me. He and his wife, Kim, live in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where they homeschool their four kids. Bryce is a pastor's kid himself, and he is a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom, a former high school student, and currently he's working as an oil tank farm operator in for uh, Plains All-America Pipeline. I found out about him after he made an appearance at a school board meeting. You guys want to hear this story. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. So you guys know that uh, we've I'm in sort of the fight of my life here in Southwest Washington running for the United States House of Representatives. I'm always encouraged when I see other people getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. It's one of the reasons I like this story so much. Uh, Bryce is currently running for representative for Oklahoma House in uh, the district in 33, District 33. And my friend sent me a video of him at a school board meeting. He went there to talk about transgenderism because they're having the same problems there in Stillwater, Oklahoma, that we're having all over the country with this insanity, which is trying to say that men and women are uh, interchangeable, which we know that they're not. And so Bryce went to talk about that at his school board meeting, and he was uh, promptly removed for reading scripture. So I thought, you know, this is going to be an interesting story. I love talking to people who are getting off the bench. Bryce, uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're welcome. So are you from Oklahoma originally? I am. I was actually born in Stillwater. Uh, my dad's a pastor, so we moved around a bit, but uh, Stillwater's where I, that's the anchor I call home. I love that. And what, uh, what you guys have four children that you're currently homeschooling. How old are they? Uh, they're, they're from uh, seven to 13. We have two seven. boys and two girls. Mm-hmm. I love that. You're in the wonder years, right? Still. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's amazing. What motivated you? So you're a homeschool dad. And mm-hmm. I hear this all the time, you know, where people will say that they, uh, that, that, you know, why would a homeschool parent care what's happening in the public schools? You know, I started going to homeschool meetings long before to, uh, sorry, school board meetings long before I ever announced to run for Congress. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've talked about my reasons for doing that here on the show many times. But why would you as a homeschool dad engage in what's happening in your local public school? Because our community matters to us. Our, my kids are going to have to grow up in the same community as that. Uh, or the pit kids are going to this this school that's having these problems. Mm-hmm. They they have to we have to grow up around these the kids. They're going to be friends with them. They're going to that that's the, the pool that they might choose from when they get married. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's our future. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm concerned for my kids as well as their kids. Yeah, sure. What's going on in your public school there that was concerning to you? Well, um, we found out earlier this year that uh, the middle school in Stillwater has been letting a, a boy use the girl's bathroom because he thinks he's a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, we found out about it because there was a teacher that that was using the, the girl's restroom and, and he walked in on her. <laughs> and she's like, mm. hello, what's going on here? Right, and, right. Uh, so, a female so teacher using the girls' a restroom. A female teacher was using the, the girls' restroom, and, and uh, the, one of the middle school boys walked in while she was while she was in there. Uh, and so she told her pastor, and, and uh, her pastor had, himself has a granddaughter that goes to that middle school. And uh, he's like, what's going on? <laughs> and so it alarmed him, and it just kind of, you know, the dominoes went from there that uh, mm-hmm. alerted all the parents that, that uh, this was going on. Mm-hmm. So we tried to to uh, address the issue. 
And did the school board call a meeting and they just said, this is open mic, people can come and, and give their opinion? No. Um, so the school board, they claim that it's been their policy for the last few years. Uh, but I think that was just in response to what was actually going on. There, mm-hmm. there wasn't someone using the girls' bathroom, a boy using the girls' bathroom for the past few years. Um, we did come to find out that he has been using that restroom since at least since November of last year. Um, but the school board, that was kind of a under the radar policy that they, they were implementing. Yeah. So it wasn't like they sent out a survey to the parents and said, Hey, we're thinking about making our bathrooms accessible to anyone who wants to use them. What do you think? They just went ahead and did it without talking to parents. That's exactly what happened. They, they have been allowing it to happen. and, And parents until just recently were, unaware of it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it's kind of an underhanded way of going about it. Right. Right. But, it's kind of typical for what sees what we see happening in our schools right now. But I got to tell you, Bryce, I mean, I hear from people all the time here at the show. I interview people, uh, you know, regularly and I hear, uh, parents say, well, that's not, you know, what's happening in Vancouver, Washington in your schools. That would never happen here in the heartland. That would never happen in the Midwest. That's certainly not happening in Oklahoma, but it is happening, isn't it? It, it's happening, and, and I didn't. I never thought it'd be in my backyard. I, I mean, I think of the left coast and you know <laughs> liberals everywhere else doing stuff. Hey, but, watch it! But, watch it! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know, here in Oklahoma, we think of ourselves as the buckle of the Bible Belt. I mean, we're the reddest state in the country, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that that doesn't cut it. it mm-hmm. Freedom is not uh, a spectator sport, and uh, doing the right thing is not. It, we can't just sit on the back and do nothing. That's yeah. where evil comes comes to power is when we do nothing. Yeah, yeah no, that's right. And so you you went ahead and uh, and you went to the school board meeting and you mm-hmm. basically read from Romans, right? From the book of Romans. And what Romans happened? Romans chapter one. Uh, well, first, uh, we're, we're given three minutes to read. Uh, and uh, I, at first I started talking about, uh, well, there's physical laws that govern a physical universe like gravity. Uh, then there's spiritual laws that just as we have physical laws that govern our physical relationship, our physical universe, we have spiritual laws that govern our relationship with God. And I, went, I basically shared the gospel yeah, <laughs> uh, with yeah. four, four spiritual laws. Right. And uh, then I, t- I was trying to tie spiritual laws with natural law, uh, things that are clearly seen. What's the first thing that, that someone's first truth you hear when you're born? Uh, the doctor says it's a boy or it's a girl. Uh, it's the first thing. It's a natural law. And so I was reading Romans 1, trying to tie, uh, you know, the transition from spiritual laws to natural law, because it, Romans 1 says that God's qualities can be clearly seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a minute, as soon as I started talking, they... Well, they started interrupting you. They were breathing heavily before they even erupted and, and making noises. And you, you can't really tell in the videos, well, well, it's just standing right there in front of them. They were rocking back and forth, very uncomfortable. Uh, and then about a minute and a half, they they interrupted me and told me I had to get back on topic, which I thought, you know, homosexuality, uh, transgenders in in bathrooms, that's kind of the, we're on topic, but they didn't think so. And so they interrupted me, told me I had to be on topic. Uh, I continued to read Romans 1, and then uh, they interrupted me again, and then eventually called the, the police and had the police escort me out. And did you hear from anybody after that? From the school board? Yes, from the school board or from other parents? Uh, from parents, yes. I have never 
heard anything from the school board to this to write to even mm-hmm. while we're sitting right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've I've heard heard from parents. There's there's parents that said uh, we're glad someone stood up, and it wasn't just me. I mean, there were there were multiple parents that were speaking. I was just the only one they they escorted out. Yeah, right, <laughs> um, right. But yeah, there were there were multiple multiple parents that were speaking up too. So I just wanted to. Uh, see if you could just offer a little bit of encouragement. There are a lot of people listening to this right now. They know that this kind of stuff is happening in their school boards and they're hesitating to sort of get involved. But that's what needs to happen. I mean, I've talked to my friend, Melissa lives in Enid, Oklahoma many times, and they were able recently to flip a library board. They flipped a school board there. They're actually making incredible progress at the local level and it can be done. You're running for a state house there uh, in District 33 and uh, I wonder if you could just speak to the parents who are considering starting to get involved and being more vocal. It is kind of scary. I mean, when you've got people kind of breathing heavy at you and threatening to take you, you know, to to escort you out by, with a police escort, that's kind of scary. But we have a responsibility to speak the truth. What do you say to people who are just still sitting on the sidelines of this thing? If you sit on the sidelines, then you're letting these, this happen. Is you're just as culpable as they are. If you get involved, even if you get if you get escorted out by the police, it it has uh, an effect where it helps other people have the courage to do stand up and do mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. I'm actually in a lawsuit uh, with the school board about that right now. So trying to help protect other people after me with their rights, too. Yeah, because you had three minutes. You had three minutes to speak. And they basically just said, hey, they said, we're not going to let you speak. So it wasn't like you broke a rule. They just decided they didn't like what right. you were saying. That's that's right. They didn't like what I was going to what I was saying, and uh, really, I think it's had a, a lot of statewide, and I, I, even with you, uh, farther than that, Fox News is reporting on it too. Uh, it's it's bringing light onto something that that if the police hadn't escorted me out, uh, would still kind of be a local issue, and. I think it's it's helping a lot of people step up because they know that there is something we can do. Mm-hmm. And actually the the legislature because of this uh has put a, they put an amendment on a bill that would designate bathrooms to be for boys and for for girls. Mm-hmm. So uh that that's in this the Oklahoma House right now uh and I think a lot of that was with what Stillwater has been doing, not mm-hmm. necessarily for what I've been doing but with Stillwater with all, all the parents because really there are a lot of parents that have stuff Stepped sure. up to, to address it. Yeah, and parents need to care. I mean, we need to care. These are tomorrow's leaders, tomorrow's educators. These are these are the kids who are going to be taking their place uh, out in the culture very, very quickly. And it's wrong for the school to step in and start teaching things that are patently absurd from a biological point of view. You weren't even asking them to teach the kids the scriptures. You were just saying, "Hey, look, mm-hmm. you know, if I if I disagree with gravity and I step off of a cliff, gravity's going to win. It doesn't matter if I believe in gravity or not." And what we're trying to do is uh, get these schools back to a position of just sticking to reading, writing, and arithmetic, which frankly, I mean, I'm of the opinion they're probably never going to do that. I feel like we've opened a door that we're going to have a really hard time closing, uh, but I appreciate you taking a stand. Where can people find you and find out more about how they can support you in your run for the Oklahoma State House? Well, my website is votechaffin.com uh, and uh, my Facebook handle is votechaffin.com or votechaffin. Uh, so you can find me there. C H A F F like Foxtrot, I-N, Chaffin, C-H-A-F-F-I-N. 
Hey, Bryce, thank you for just being an example of a of just a regular person getting off the bench and onto the battlefield for going to the school board meetings, for running for office. I really appreciate it. Keep us posted. Let us know how your race is going. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate your let me take the time to talk to you. Thank you for coming on the show. You guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, you guys, we're back. Before I leave today, uh, I just wanted to touch on something that I think is important. So you just heard Bryce Chaffin talk about going before the school board, even though his kids are in a public school. There's a price to be paid for this stuff. It is difficult to stand up in the culture right now, but it's important. And so if you're listening to this, I want to just encourage you from the position of, if you're listening to this, I would say from the position of a parent, I want to remind you that it really only takes one generation to change the course of the culture. And I think over and over again, you know, God instructs his people to make sure that they understand what's at stake. And it's never been more important than it is right now to recognize what is actually happening in the culture. There's a verse in Judges, a passage rather in Judges, and I teach on this all the time about, uh, uh, and it's actually one of the saddest passages in the Bible. This is basically taking place after Joshua and all the first generation of parents who had entered the promised land died. And so the Bible records that after that, the next generation served false gods and it only took one generation to lose the spiritual legacy that should have been passed down. And this is what it says in Judges chapter two, verses 10 to 12. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work he had done for Israel. And then the children of Israel forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. The Bible teaches us that faith comes through hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. That's Romans chapter 10, verse 14. And so if you're a parent, the Bible teaches that you have a sacred responsibility and that responsibility is first to your own children. And I love that uh, that that God is putting it on the hearts of parents all across this country to stand up for the children that are being indoctrinated through our public school system. They're being lied to in our public libraries. You guys have heard me talk about this many, many times. But the fact of the matter is what you just saw Bryce do is what every single one of us should be doing. We're making a decision right now, or we should be. Are we gonna serve the God of the Bible or are we gonna serve a false God? Uh, God has a multi-generational vision for us. So when you guys are standing up in front of these school boards, even though Bryce got escorted out uh, by the security guards that were there that night, which really, honestly, they, they had no reason to do that. He, he had like seven, you know, I think 45 seconds left in a three minute uh, talk that he was going to give, but they didn't, they couldn't stand scripture being read to them. And so basically that was why they escorted him out. But you know what Bryce is doing? He is setting an example for his children. He recognizes that God has a multi-generational vision. Listen to this from Psalm 78. This is a Psalm of Asaph, one of my favorites in all of the Bible. He commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So there's the first generation. So that the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And so then the children yet to be born would tell their children. That's four generations, you guys. 
So this command of our answers to, to, to teach the word of God to our children, the Bible says that when we teach it, when we live it, it has an impact for four generations. And I can only help but think that part of the reason why we're struggling the way we are right now is because somewhere along the line, generations ago, our parents stopped sending down the commands of God, the word of God, the, the, uh, the, the instructions of God to the next generation. Because according to Deuteronomy, we are instructed to teach two generations. So we have the responsibility to teach our children and our children's children. In other words, our grandchildren. But our influence is going to go out far beyond our children and our grandchildren. The Bible says it will go on for an entire new generation, a generation beyond the one we're currently shepherding or the ones that our children are shepherding. That is why it is so important. The Bible is not silent on the issues that we're facing in the culture right now. It's not silent on gender identity. It's not silent on human sexuality, not silent on creation, not silent on parenting, not silent on abortion. All of these topics that we are talking about in the culture right now, God's word addresses. And mom and dad, listen to me, you can't pass on what you don't possess. So this is not about whether or not you're eloquent. It's about whether or not you'll be obedient. And our witness especially right now, our witness in front of the, the the schools, our witness in front of our children, our ability to tell the truth on the platforms that God gives us, it all matters. We are called to be a witness, whether the time is favorable, as Paul said to Timothy, or whether it isn't. So I just want to encourage you from wherever you are right now to uh, follow the example of so many of these amazing people that God is calling to the front lines of this right now and recognize that God is using all of it. God is using all of it. I'm gonna end today with the passage from Philippians chapter one. This is awesome. This is the apostle Paul talking about his imprisonment. And he said, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and more fearlessly. This is why I love sharing these off-the-bench stories. By the way, uh, I would love to hear your off-the-bench story. You guys can send that to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Let me know what God's doing in your life. I would love to hear uh, you saying what God's doing and how you're getting off the bench and engaging. This is what matters right now, you guys. The primaries are here. We are in primary season. My primary here in Washington State's coming up on August the 2nd. And uh, this is time for you to engage, to start telling the truth from a position of strength and authority that you have in Jesus Christ. You are sons and daughters of the living God. And God loves this world. We know that because his word says it so clearly, for I so love the world. This is God that I gave my only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the legacy that God has passed down through his son, Jesus Christ. We get to see the love of God every day Uh, and proclaim it to a watching world. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'm so thankful for those of you who are supporting this ministry. You can become a supporter of the Heidi St. John podcast. I will link back to how you can do that in the show notes today. Also wanna say thank you for visiting our sponsors. It makes a huge difference. It helps us keep this show on the air, even in the midst of my crazy uh, season right now and my run for Congress and all the things that I am trying to juggle. We very much appreciate your prayers and your financial support and sharing this podcast wherever podcasts are available. Have a great day, everybody. And I will stay back here tomorrow.